From the studios of One Jack's Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. Hello, once again, welcome back to another episode of The Revealing. I am Robert Engel, joined by my uh, brothers and good friends, Frank Salvaggio and Chris Wing. Uh, We are here once again around the table with the word and um, glad to be sitting here with you as we continue our discussion. Uh, I feel like I'm saying that a lot here. Uh, we kind of keep this series going, uh, but hopefully not belaboring it, belaboring it, if I can talk today. Uh, we um, are definitely wanting to make sure we um, cover, exhaust even uh, a lot of the components of this manuscript evidence, as it is formally called, uh, meaning uh, where the Bible uh, comes from. Uh, the, the not just the translations that are indeed different today, but from where they came, uh, manuscripts and the places thereof and, and what that means. And so uh, we hope you're not getting uh, too uh, weary of us talking about this yet. Uh, we have a, a few more things that we want to cover over the next few weeks here uh, as we continue through this study. Um, we do know, again, again, I feel like I said this once before, uh, we do know that this has been uh, quite a um, an in-depth or even a technical, uh, formal type of a study with some of the episodes. But then we try to include some some more practical uh, components as well in, in the others. So uh, we're, we're hoping that there's kind of been a nice balance there, whether you are more of a, of a technical uh, terminology, historical guru, or more of the hands-on practical. Uh, today will be more of the hands-on practical, I think, uh, more of the, um, we always try to be biblical, of course, but uh, an emphasis on the biblical component of um, a certain aspect of this study. Uh, the last couple, I think, episodes or so were have been quite, you know, quite in-depth as far as understanding and, uh, some historical and technical things. So, we want to kind of come up for air uh, for a little bit and, and get in the Word of God. And uh, specifically what we're going to do today, guys, is talk about uh, the two locations, the two cities, the two places that um, w- through which we uh, get these manuscripts that have come to us uh, from yesteryear and have become what is known as this um, Bible version debate, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Um, we've mentioned these places before, guys. Uh, we've talked about them, um, not in detail, if that's what this episode is for, but we've definitely addressed them. And so today, uh, Chris I, and Frank, I believe what we want to do is talk about um, specifically, it's very interesting how how God identifies uh, a lot of different places uh, in the Bible, and if you get to the point, and this is something we preach at church, if you get to the at One Baptist here in Jacksonville, Florida, when you get to the point when you believe that there's every uh, every word, uh, whether it's a name or, or a location or, or a genealogy, um, a descriptive word, an adjective, whatever that is, even an article, the the a's, the ands, the these, those types of things, those are important. They, they have a purpose, and and there are times when you can trace certain things as you, we compare Scripture with Scripture, as we so often do here and in and, uh, and One Baptist, um, in the Living Faith Fellowship, and, and our, our network of churches here. Um, 
That's, that's how we study the Bible. That's how God tells us to study the Bible. But when you do that, you employ that, it is uh, very interesting what you can learn. Um, it's amazing, actually, what you can learn. Um, a lot of the, I guess, baggage or maybe assumptions that we kind of bring to the Word of God, uh, God clears those up for us. Amen. Yeah. And so... Um, Hopefully he does that for you today, uh, because today we are going to talk about two specific places uh, that pertain to this study of manuscript evidence, and that is uh, the the two places through which we get the lines that we've talked about, and that is uh, Alexandria, Egypt, and Antioch. And uh, Pastor Frank, if I'm not mistaken, there are two Antiochs in the Bible. And so uh, can you just, um, and maybe this will become later, but do we want to, when do we want to kind of talk about the the difference there? Or do we want to kind of bring, bring that up in the forefront? Or what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, really all we need to say about that is, is that obviously we want to pay, pay attention to the Antioch that's in modern day Turkey today. Okay. Because that's where Acts 11 uh, that's where they were in Acts 11. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the other Antioch is not where they were. It's another place. Okay. Um, so really, okay. that's the only difference. Yeah, yeah. There's really not much more cool. to say about that. Awesome. Okay, so just so we all know that that's... And, and for those who are you know, on the more, you know, maybe the history buff side or whatnot, maybe you knew that. If, if you're like me, maybe at one point you didn't. Um, but uh, that's okay either way, just so we all are, are speaking the same thing there. So, um, uh, all right, guys. So, uh, Frank, do we want to talk about... Um, Antioch first, or do we want to talk about Alexandria first? Yeah, um, well, I think we should... Or we want to set the stage a little bit yeah, first. Yeah, so, well, so, yeah, let's set the stage, right? I um, mean, you kind of already talked about it, but let's just reiterate. Mm-hmm. You know, so why are we going to Antioch? Why are we going to Alexandria? Why are these becoming uh, uh, the crosshairs of our focus right now? And and the reason that that, that is, is because... These, and, and we said this from the get-go, if you've listened to uh, any of these episodes that we've uh, already recorded on the subject, um, you will have heard us say, uh, the, the argument really isn't Bible translations in English today. Yeah. That, 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 I know that, that it sounds like that would be the argument, but it really isn't. Mm. If we're going to get down to the, uh, the nuts and bolts of this thing and, and get it uh, to where we need to understand it... Um, it has nothing to do with really the Bible translations in English. It really has everything to do with where did that translation come from? Correct. That is what's going to matter. Now, you hear people say, and you'll hear churches say, and you hear a website say, and we even made made the point of this. You'll hear them say all the time, you know, we we believe the Bible is the inspired word of God, blah, 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 mm-hmm. in its original language. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that. Okay. Well, okay. Well, Okay. So here's my thing, right? All right, well, we don't have the original, <laughs> okay? <laughs> or in its original manuscripts is what they'll say. Sure. You know, we don't have the original, okay? But but here's the thing that blows my mind, okay? But you'll say that, but then even then you won't even go back to the original. Mm, good or point. The, or, the, or the manuscripts that you need to go to. Yeah, Like good point. Like, hey, uh, okay, we don't have the original manuscript. I we all We all know that. But even so, well, okay, but what we should be doing, though, and even if you're going to make that statement, obviously you're going back to history to get your information. Well, at least go back and go, well, wait a minute here. Okay, these, these manuscripts and where they came from matters. Okay, and so that's, that's kind of the point we've been making. We've been making uh, – we want to stress the idea that I, I, it's not the translation. 
if you like your NIV, have at it. Mm. Go for it. Just know the facts behind it. Mm. Where did that, that translation come from? And then when you start laying out the facts, you know, you have to make a decision on what you think is the right path. Or if there's a right path, most people don't have a problem with Bible translations. They just think it doesn't matter. They're all the word of God. Just pick the one you like and go with it or pick the four you like and go with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you think that, then I'm not mad at you. <laughs> okay. We're not mad at you, but I don't think that. Okay. Uh, this church doesn't think that. The folks that are in this uh, uh, this fellowship doesn't think that. We believe that we have an authoritative word, mm-hmm. that every word is the, is it has been preserved, and that that can only be done uh, in, in, in one place. And so, okay, you say, well, God wouldn't have done that in English. Well, okay, fine, but I'm not even saying that that place is in English yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. gotten there we yet. We haven't done, yeah. Where I'm saying that it is, is in the Texas Receptus, <laughs> which came out of Antioch. Antioch correct. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Okay, and then when you take that a step further, then you say, well, well, why are why are you KJV only? Well, the reason why I'm KJV only because the KJV is the only one that comes out of the Texas Receptus, which mm. came out of Antioch. Mm-hmm. It is the only one. That is it. There is none other. Nobody can argue that point because the facts speak for themselves. Yeah. Okay, that is really what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. That is why we do land on. KJV only, but I only land on KJV only because I am Textus Receptus only. Yeah. And I'm Textus Receptus only because Textus Receptus is the only one that came out of Antioch. Yeah. And when I read my Bible in English, (laughs) okay, I see a very, very distinct line between what comes out of Antioch and what comes out of Alexandria, even further, Egypt. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's not just our little pet preference or pet, you know, Bible or whatever, because we wanted to be old school or jump on a certain bandwagon or follow a certain agenda. No, there's actually biblical and historical reasons for this. Sure, sure. That that's really the important thing. It's the historical uh, line that you can follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about it before. I don't know. Probably mentioned it through several of the podcasts we've been doing. Is that God, when He lays it out, He does it in a in a manner that we can actually see it and follow it historically, so that we can know. You know, he didn't leave us here wondering, oh, is this it? Is that it? You know, there's a you can trace it. And so, like you said, Pastor Frank, it it, it comes through Antioch. That's just the, the way that he did it. Mm. And he laid it out in a way that we can actually historically track it. What I think is sad, and we're going to talk about this, I think, in the next episode when we talk about <clears throat> inspiration and preservation. Mm. What, I, what I think people have to understand, okay, and if, you, if you're having trouble, if you're listening right now and you're having trouble and you go, man, you know, I don't know about this whole KJV only thing. I think that's a little arrogant, whatever, whatever it is. But you, do, you have to come to the place where you have to at least admit this, because this is the truth, okay? By us saying that we only will preach out of a KJV because it was translated from the Texas Receptus, we're the only ones, if you're just being honest with yourself, that can say that we actually have an authoritative word, yeah. final word. We, so why is that so bad? Like, if you believe in inspiration and preservation, there's no way you can read an NIV and a KJV and go, they both were inspired and preserved. They say different things. Things were added. Things were taken out. Words are missing. Phrases are changed. Like, God does not inspire and preserve his word like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's proven in the Bible. Uh, Isaiah, uh, what is it, Jeremiah 38, 36? 
36, yeah. Right? yeah. Jeremiah 36 makes that very clear. Yeah. Okay, the, 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 no, God, it, it's every word, and you can't, you know, he's very clear. Don't add, don't take away from it. Uh, all these things in the Bible, you go, well, Either that is what God said or it isn't. Yeah, and, and if you're one of those, or what, what Frank, you're talking about, is those who have the, the, the mindset of the original manuscripts and whatever, um, that that's where the Word of God is. Um, and, and maybe you don't even think about that. Maybe you're just like, well, God preserved His Word at some point, and maybe there's been scribal errors or things, you know, we, get, we have the general message or whatever. Even then, you don't have an authority. Mm-hmm. You don't have— Well, you do. —the Word and— it's not. It's not what it should be. Right. Though. Who becomes yeah, the authority? Yeah, of course, now. itself. Yeah, it, it's yeah. man. Um, you don't have the word in the words of God. And, but when you speaking from personal experience, when you get that though, it's a game changer. Oh, Absolutely, definitely. You is. know, so it, it's uh, and hopefully that that maybe is you know the Lord uses this time as as such. But sure. okay. So with that being said, we're 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 talking about two major cities today. We're talking about Antioch mm-hmm. and Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about manuscript evidence, if you're gonna talk about manuscripts, if you're gonna talk about translations, you have to talk about these two cities. They're very very important. Okay. Okay. So let's let's we're we're, we're going to talk about Antioch first, but I do want to make a couple quick statements about Alexandria before I jump into Antioch. Okay. And and and, it, and the only reason why is because it'll help us understand some things. Gotcha. Where is Alexandria? Egypt. Mm-hmm. Egypt. Mm-hmm. Okay. The question now becomes, all right, as a careful Bible student, as we should be, mm. what does Egypt represent in the Bible? Mm-hmm. And does it represent, I mean, you know, God is a very, very, very good teacher when it comes to similitudes. He's always teaching us through similitudes. And what a similitude is, Chris, go ahead. Why don't you tell us? Because I know you know. It's a way that God paints a picture to to reveal his doctrine, something doctrinal in the Old Testament, you know, like Moses parting the Red Sea, for example, or, you know, um, Enoch, for example, as a picture of the church, um, and, and on and on it goes. He's using something that happened to paint the picture. And Mo- Moses parting the Red Sea is a picture of baptism. Right. So, so, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So that's what God does. He always uses a physical, literal thing in his similitude and then allows for it to teach us something that maybe we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Uh, another way he does that, and, and we see this a lot in the New Testament, is like and as. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something's like something, something as something. Um, you know, he compares the, 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 the marriage in Ephesians 5 mm-hmm. at like <laughs> Christ in the church. Okay. So, so there you go. This is how God consistently teaches us through his word. And by the way, this helps us understand if it really is from him or not. If you connect the dots and you can see it all through, you're going to know, okay, yeah, this is from God. Mm. Or if you can't connect the dots and you don't see those, the, the, how they connect into a picture, well, you might want to question it now. Now there's some questionable. That's why I say if, if somebody, and this isn't, we're not talking about pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib. But I am a very, very careful student of the Bible. I've studied through it many, many times. I've yet to come across anything even remotely close to picturing the mid-trib rapture or the post-trib rapture. Mm-hmm. I have come across, however, many, many, many times where I see pre-trib rapture. Mm-hmm. So, so what to me, s- go ahead, go end, ahead. to me, end of story. I yeah. know what the right one is. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is because God is consistent. Yes. The doctrine 
will be there in teaching, but also in picture. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it could have been said any better than that. I mean, if you read your Old Testament without reading uh, similitudes in mind, uh, you're going to miss basically everything. You're going to see the historical things that happen, but that's really all your value you're right. going to have in it. And, and, and just so if you're listening right now, just so you know, go read Hosea 12.10. Yes. Let God, let God show you mm-hmm. <laughs> where he actually says mm-hmm. that's how he did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So with that being said, Egypt. Egypt is a picture of the world mm-hmm. all through the Bible. It is a picture of the world. It is worldly influences, worldly ways of thinking, just world. Okay. Satan, uh, 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 I'm sorry, Pharaoh is the, uh, uh, the king of Egypt. And through the Bible, Pharaoh is a picture of Satan. Mm. Little G, God of this world, Satan, start connecting the dots, mm-hmm. and you can see how they start to fit. Anytime anything took place in Egypt, it was bad. Bad things were happening. And time and time again, God is calling his people out, out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Get out of her. Get away from her. Get, no, don't don't dwell with her. Don't intermingle with her, get out. Don't go back. Don't go back, right? Yeah, okay. all that. And so you clearly, if you're a Bible, if you if you know your Bible, if you've read your Old Testament, you clearly see those, and we're going to talk about some of them, not a, not all of them, but a few of them just to kind of show mm-hmm. how, that, how that intermingles. Mm. So now keep that in the back of your mind as we start to delve into this. All right, so Antioch. Let's talk about Antioch. Okay. So wh- where is Antioch? Uh, the one that we want to pay attention to. There's an Antioch in Poseidon, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I said that right. And then there's an Antioch in uh, uh, um, Asia Minor. Uh, we would call that today modern-day Turkey. Yeah, so that one. Yes. Like we talked about a few minutes ago. And, and by the way, Turkey, modern-day Turkey, that is where all the seven letters mm-hmm. that Jesus wrote, yeah. uh, because that was the uh, the ground, if you will, of where the Gentile church began. Mm-hmm. And okay. you're referencing the seven churches of Revelation 2 and 3. 2 and 3, mm-hmm. yes. right. It's, that's where this thing all kind of kicked off, mm-hmm. okay? It kicked off in Antioch. Mm. That's where it started. Yeah. God moved his base of operations from Jerusalem in Acts chapter number 1 through Acts chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once the Jew uh, had rejected uh, uh, the Messiah and, and the killing of Stephen over there in uh, 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 Acts chapter 7. We start to see the transi- trans- transition in Acts chapter 8. Uh, Philip goes to Samaria, yeah, right? And then the, 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 the apostle to the Gentiles, Paul, comes on the scene in chapter 9. And then in chapter 10, Peter sees this vision where God comes down, or, or I mean, God uh, shows Peter a vision uh, of an animal coming down, and he's telling him to rise and kill it. And Peter's like, no, no, I can't do that. And God says, what I say is clean, is clean. And what he's referencing is mm-hmm. Gentiles are now clean in my sight. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. That brings us to Acts chapter 11, where now Paul has been in Arabia for three and a half years. He's gotten his, uh, his, his, his message from Jesus that, it was, that he was now to go bring to the world. We get to Acts chapter 11, and now all of a sudden, we aren't seeing Jerusalem as the base of operations anymore. Now the base of operations moves to a Gentile area, Antioch. Mm. So, so, okay. So that gives us some kind of background to all of this. Yeah. Now, remember, because this is important, okay, up to this point, up to Acts chapter 11, which books of the New Testament have been written? Mm. Okay, ready? Here we go, ready? It's a long list. Ready? Matthew, 
and James. Mm-hmm. And that's important. That's it. Very important. Those are the only two New Testament books that have been written. Now, why does that matter for us to know that? Well, number one, because both those books were written to Jews. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Matthew proves that Jesus is the king of the Jew, mm-hmm. and, and James was written to the 12 tribes that were scattered mm-hmm. abroad, Acts chapter 8, compare scripture with scripture. You're going to see when they got scattered yeah. in Acts chapter 8. Okay. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So, so, so when we're thinking about New Testament scripture, it didn't come out of Jerusalem. Yeah. It, I, I was just going to say that's important because you go to Acts 2, for, we talked about this, for doctrine and for baptism and understanding of salvation and oh, all of that. Course. And well, none of the New Testament, none of Paul's epistles, none of the New Testament, uh, n- uh, church, the, the mystery of the church, all that yeah. stuff yeah. is yet to come. Right? Paul's, so Paul's gospel hasn't can't. been preached yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He said, what Paul's gospel? Yeah, mm-hmm. he calls it my gospel. I wonder why he calls it that. Mm-hmm. He calls it my gospel because that's the one that Jesus gave to him to preach to the Gentile church during this dispensation of grace that we are now living in. Mm-hmm. It was a mystery until it was revealed to Paul. And yeah. so you just dropped something very important, and we've discussed it from time to time here, is the dispensational understanding of how God structures his word. So when you're looking at the book of Acts, you have to understand that there's a transition taking place from dispensation to dispensation. He's going from Old Testament to New Testament. We're going from the church starting in Jerusalem, very Jewish, to then the church becoming both Jew and Gentile, then primi- prim- primarily Gentile, moving from Jerusalem to Antioch. So understanding the dispensational uh, you know, mindset of it all is going to help to clarify how this thing worked out historically speaking as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we, we definitely have to have that perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now here we go. We're coming in at it with that perspective. So what, what does the Bible have to say about Antioch? And so that's what we want. Let's, let's just, let's just let God kind of show us some things and see if there's any legitimacy to this. Did God put his stamp on something here or not? Let's okay. just ask ourselves, is it possible? Let's see. Okay. So we're going to start in Acts chapter 6. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you say, well, why are you starting in Acts chapter 6? We're just, all we're doing right now is we're trying to see if God's got something to say about Antioch and if God's got something to say about Alexandria in his book. Where it falls, that isn't the, 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 uh, the, the, the primary objective here. We just want to know what God says about the area. Okay. Okay. And see, see if he says some, says some things. So if you're in chapter, uh, Acts chapter 6... Uh, what you what the story that you're getting here is uh, you got a bunch of a uh, bunch of the apostles uh, they're, they're 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 having some trouble with some of the proselytes uh, they're, they're the Grecians they're speaking and murmuring against the Hebrews and uh, the, their widows the 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 the, uh, the the Greek widows are being neglected yeah okay so so the the answer to that is is found in Acts chapter six one through five and I want you to pay attention Chris I think you're going to read it for us right yes sir I want you to pay attention to what he says and 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 then when you hear the word Antioch just pay attention okay. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, 
a proselyte of Antioch. Okay. Mm. So, and I think it's interesting, mm-hmm. right? Because the first uh, uh, six gentlemen that are mentioned here, uh, we can conclude that they were from Jerusalem, right? Because yeah. it tells us there was one guy <laughs> uh, uh, that wasn't from the, the, the particular place, and, and the one guy is Nicholas. He's a proselyte, mm. which means he was a Gentile. Mm. Right. Did, did y'all catch that? Mm-hmm. From where? Where is he from? Antioch. Mm-hmm. What verse is that? Uh, number five? Number five. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they chose Stephen. So he would have been a Jew, right? Philip, Pro, mm-hmm. Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, and Parmenas. Mm-hmm. So those are all Jews. And then Nicholas. Right? And, and then, then it tells us, comma, <laughs> Nicholas. Uh, and Nicholas, who is a proselyte of, of Antioch. Yeah, yeah. So, so six of these boys are from, 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 from Jerusalem. One of them is a proselyte, which means he wasn't a Jew. Okay. He was a Gentile converted to Judaism. Mm-hmm. And where was he from? Antioch. Antioch. Again, I want to, these guys were full of the what? The Holy Ghost. Of, of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And what, wisdom. Was, what, what, what was it that they, they were trying to give the apostles the ability to do to put more attention on what? Prayer and the word of God. Ministry. So listen, man, all mm-hmm. the things that we're talking about right now is, 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 is being uh, uh, brought forth here mm-hmm. in this passage. Mm-hmm. Okay. God is giving us some, some insights here. And you go, well, okay, that's great. So something good came out of Antioch. Well, now, hold on a minute. We aren't even going to get out of this chapter yet. And I want you to notice that some people come up against these guys, okay, and, and, they, and they start disputing with them. Now, I want you to notice what it says in verse 9. Who wants to read that? I got it. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and Cyrenians, and Alexandrians, there you go, and of them of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. So here we go. The, the Libertines... <laughs> It's almost like God. <laughs> I'm sorry. It do just, it. Do it. Go it, it there. Ma- it makes me laugh. Yeah. It's almost like God is like, he almost knew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he lets us know that they were of, of where? The, the Cyrenians and the, and the Alexandrians. Right. So look who is disputing with the boys uh, uh, out, of, out of Jerusalem and out of Antioch. Mm-hmm. It's the people, the sure. Serenians and the Alexandrians. Yeah, and they are the they are the Libertines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know. I mean, come on, guys, start putting it together. That's interesting. <laughs> okay, so here we go. The, the first, so here we, we didn't even get out of Acts chapter six, and we start going. Okay, interesting. Okay, but that obviously isn't enough to 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 to, to formulate any real understanding of it. So let's keep going. So we get to Acts chapter eleven. And as we said, uh, this is the place where Paul now, uh, he has become the apostle uh, to the, uh, the Gentiles. I believe if I remember correctly, it's in verse number um, nine, I think. I'm going off my head right now. Please forgive me. Give me a second. Nope, I'm wrong about that. In Acts chapter 11, Is that 19? <clears throat> where is it where it says... Uh-oh. 
Uh, it's okay. It's it's no big deal. All right. So Paul, Paul obviously his name went from Saul to Paul. He is the apostle to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And 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 here we go. We get to Acts chapter number eleven, and something uh, very very important happens uh, after Acts chapter eight, which led to all of this when when they were scattered abroad as as uh, uh, and and, and uh, Stephen traveled. Uh, as far as uh, uh, Phoenix, Cyprus, and Antioch. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Read us uh, verses 19 to 21. All right. Acts 11, 19 through 21. Now they, uh, which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen, tra- traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but only to the Jews, but the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which, when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. All right, so good things are happening in Antioch right now, right? And the we, Lord is with them. The Lord is with yeah. them. Things, good things are going down. I mean, it looks like stuff, good stuff's happening in Antioch. And then when you get to verse number 25 and 26, it says this, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. There you go. All right, so we're starting to put some, now we're starting to get some, hey, this place, Antioch, this wasn't just mm-hmm. another city. There's some things going down up in this place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this this is the place where Paul and the rest of the uh, uh, of that early early uh, church as it transferred to Gentile, this is the place where they put their feet down. They were there for a year and a half. Yeah, This is the place where they were first called Christians. Mm-hmm. They weren't called Christians prior to this time. Correct. Okay. So that church in Acts chapter two was not called Christians. Do something with that. Don't, don't, don't just not do something with that. Okay. There's something you need to do with that. Okay. And so here we are, they're first called Christians in Antioch. Mm-hmm. So obviously God is putting some emphasis now beyond just a place. Mm. Something big is going on here in Antioch. Now, I want to re- reiterate and I want to say, do remember, there are no New Testament books that have been written outside of Matthew and James up to this point. That's it. Paul hasn't started writing his books yet. <laughs> okay. Right. We're getting ready to do that. But where was the base of operations when he gets ready to write all those books? It's Antioch. It's Antioch. Mm-hmm. And so now where did, when he, as we see him go on his missionary journeys throughout the rest of Acts, you know, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, uh, in the first part of 20, as it leads into the final point of him getting arrested. Okay. As you start reading through those, you know where he ends up after he's done? With each one of those missionary journeys? Back in Antioch. Back, Back in Antioch. So where do you think he brought sure. those man those original mm. manuscripts? Because mm. those were original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you think he brought them? They came right yep. there. Of course he brought them to Antioch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so listen, man, let's just we're just trying to gather some evidence here and, yeah. and trying to be real about this, okay? But pay attention to that verses we just read in, in chapter eleven. Again, the Lord was with them. There. Absolutely, the Lord was with them. Oh, there. absolutely, okay. of course. Okay, and then then when you look at uh, just one more place, I want to look is uh, Acts thirteen. Mm-hmm. I'll read verse one for us. Now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that were called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, uh, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Read one more. 
uh, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So here we go. Okay, so in Antioch, the the basis for what the New Testament church that we know it of as today mm. is being formulated. Yeah. That's what's going on here in chapter 13. And, and, and okay, so it was verse 9. Here, here's where it was. I thought it was 11. It was 9. In Acts 13, 9, this is when Saul, mm-hmm. who is also called Paul, gets his new name. Okay. He's not called Paul prior to Acts 13, 9. Yeah. Okay. That's a, interesting. I'd like to sit right there and talk about that for a little while, but good enough. We, we got it, okay? Out of Antioch, we see the first missionaries being sent. Out of Antioch, we see uh, uh, teachers being uh, 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 propagated. Out of, out of Antioch, we see the Holy Ghost saying, separate. There, there's that sanctification mm. uh, of Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to do. Okay, this is all New Testament Paul language, <laughs> okay? Right. But they were not doing that prior to this. They are doing that now. Mm-hmm. Why? Paul knows all about all this stuff right now because he has received my gospel from Jesus Christ because mm-hmm. he's been in Arabia with him for three and a half years, mm-hmm. Galatians chapter one. Uh, is, is, are we good? Mm-hmm. Out yeah. of Antioch, all kinds of good things are happening. Right. Just clear evidence of where Paul's, absolutely Paul's original writings yeah. would have ended up at. Yeah. They would have ended up in Antioch with Paul. <laughs> the, the entire base for what the New Testament church is, is structured, set up, and commissioned from Antioch. The entire New Testament church's epistles are written from that point on from Antioch. I mean, well, all brought back to Antioch. Brought back to Antioch. Brought, yeah. But they hadn't been written until after right. the things were moved there. So and even Acts chapter 6, we saw that was where we see the deacons that we, we you know, know of how today is first appointed. Right. And the whole entire, like I said, the whole entire operation of how, what the well, New the Testament de- church is. And, the, and one of those deacons, the only Gentile deacon, yeah. was from where? It was from Antioch. It's almost like God went out of the way mm. <laughs> to let us know what was about to happen. Yep. And he did. All he in did. Antioch. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So you might be listening going, okay, what does have this have anything to do with anything? Well, it has a lot to do with a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> because here's the thing. So far, we have seen what God has had to say about Antioch. Nowhere, and by the way, I would just tell you if you're listening right now, I'm, I think we pretty much hit most of the areas uh, 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 that are, are, are important anyway. But if you typed in that word Antioch, and again, don't, don't it says Antioch of Poseidon. Mm-hmm. Don't pay attention to that one. That's not the one we're talking about. Although I don't think anything bad happened out of there either. But if you type in that word Antioch, and you look throughout the Bible, what it has to say about Antioch, every single time, no questions asked, something positive was coming out of Antioch. Mm. And the Lord was doing something, working in some way out of Antioch. Yeah. Facts are a stubborn thing. They are indeed. And that is a fact. Okay. What about Alexandria? Mm. What about what about our good city, Alexandria? Well, we already looked at uh, what took place uh, out of Alexandria in Acts uh, uh, chapter 6. Right. But l- let's do this. Uh, I already talked about how um, <clears throat> Egypt is a picture of the world mm-hmm. in the Bible. And, and I said that I would get hit us hit on some verses. And so I want to do that. I, I, I Obviously, we're not going to hit everything, but just to kind of see what God's got to say about uh, Egypt in the Bible, okay? Uh, again, uh, in Exodus alone, yeah, 
Okay, and I think this is interesting. Sure, there are thirty-seven references that God makes to Israel to get out of Egypt. Okay, wow, that sounds like a lot, yeah. <laughs> right? So Genesis thirteen one, Abraham was called, went up out of Egypt. Did anything that happened in Egypt with Abraham end up with a good thing? No. Nope. Always bad stuff. No, that's where Hagar came Joseph. from. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Did jo- Joseph, what happened with Joseph in Egypt? Right. Was that, although God preserved him and God yeah. helped him through it all. He was thrown in prison. <laughs> but, you know, God, but God did ultimately call Joseph yes. out of Egypt. Yeah. Right? Uh, 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 Exodus uh, th- 3.10, come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Uh, Jose, uh, Hosea 11, 1 says, when Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Jacob was called out of Egypt. Joseph was called out of Egypt. Uh, Egypt is mentioned in the Bible as downward. Uh, uh, Pharaoh is a picture of Satan, Ezekiel 29, verse number three. Uh, 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 Exodus 20, verse two says, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You hear that? Galatians 4.3 says, Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Colossians 1.13 says, Who had delivered us from the power of darkness has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Moses calls Egypt the furnace. Correct. Deuteronomy 4.20. Um, uh, Jesus says, and I shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 13, 42. God warns of his people going down to Egypt for help. Isaiah 31, 1. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. Uh, listen, nothing good is coming out of Egypt. Alexandria, okay. Uh, uh, we already talked about Acts uh, number 6. Uh, obviously, uh, verses 9 through 13, we see uh, there's disputing with Stephen uh, 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 coming out of, of, of who, by the way, was full of the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost and with wisdom. Yeah. Okay? Um, listen, if you were to go to Acts 18, 24 to 26, or Acts 19, 1 through 5, what you're going to notice is that, now, now grab this, don't miss what I'm about to say, what Alexandria is connected with is bad Bible teaching. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> the famous school of Alexandria is where Philo, who was influenced by the Greek philosophers, Aristotle, Plato, and Socrates. Uh, we've talked about that in the past. Uh, Robert, you've talked about that extensively in our Thursday night church history. Yeah. It, this is where they blended their teachings with Old Testament teachings. It was from the school of Alexandria where Philo influenced a guy named Origen, who was the father of the allegorical method of inter- interpretation. All of these things are, are, are um, uh, bad things that happened out of, um, uh, of Alexandria. Mm. Nothing good came out of Alexandria. Uh, a ship from Alexandria is, is what brings Paul. Now, now watch how Alexandria gets, gets connected with Rome. I think this is interesting. Hmm. Uh, I think, Robert, are you giving us Acts 27.6? Yes, I definitely am. And there, the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein, Paul says. And then they were heading to Rome yes. in 28.11? Quick. 
And that tells us this. And after three months, we departed in a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle, whose sign was Castor and Pollux. Heading to Ro- so, so now we're connecting Alexandria to Rome. With Rome. I think that's interesting. And, and, and what's, why are they being put on a ship to Alexandria? From Alexandria. Or excuse me, for, of Alexandria. They're going to go get... Yeah, oh, yeah. They're heading to <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Sure. And um, it's an Egyptian ship. And so... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Facts are a stubborn thing. Yeah, that's, that's a <laughs> why, lot of why evidence. Is God, why is God preserving this for us? Why is God putting this in his book so we could read it? I mean, mm-hmm. like, well, hmm, that's interesting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, Rome, Rome is the one that set up Herod as the vassal king who tried to kill Jesus. Yes. Rome is the one who killed John the Baptist. I think you got Matthew 14, 1 and 2? Yeah. And uh, at that time, Herod, the Tetrarch, heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do shew forth in themselves in him. So, okay. Uh, Rome is the one that had Christ beaten. Yeah. Rome is the one that had thorns placed on Jesus' head. Rome is the one that drove the nails into his hands and feet. Rome is the one that had James' head cut off. Acts 12, 1 and 2. Mm. Yeah. The Apostle James. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Right. And Rome had Paul arrested and killed, Acts 21, 33, uh, as well as Peter. Uh, uh, So listen, it was from Rome that the emperor Constantine uh, commissioned Eusebius to come up with a new version of the Bible for his empire. Mm. Okay. So now listen, here we go. For whatever it's worth, <laughs> for whatever it is worth, what came out of Antioch time and time and time and time again, yeah, preserved in God's word was good, yeah, coming from God. Whatever came out of Antioch time and time and time again was bad, and it was coming up against God's people. Mm. And really, honestly, when you think about this whole controversy we have with the KJV, who are the ones that are actually being attacked? See, it's not the KJV people attacking. No. We're not attacking anybody. We're just saying, hey, this is the one we want to read, (laughs) and this is why we want to read it. Okay? Who's the ones that get attacked? Do we call them the NIV cult? Nope. Do we call them the NASV cult? Who's yeah. the one being attacked? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, unless anyone listening thinks that like what we're doing is attacking people, we're not. We're just sharing, and maybe we get a little passionate about it, but sure, we're sure. talking history. We're talking Bible. We're sharing what God says on the matter. We're not attacking people and you know calling them country bumpkins or you know <laughs> sure. whatever, whatever. It, so Chris might be a country bumpkin though. Yeah, not but, me. Uh, and you. But, but other yeah. than that, everybody else is fine. <laughs> no, but the point is, is like, listen, man. Okay. You, here is the facts. In preserved in God's written word, Antioch is painted as a very, very good place <laughs> where they were first called Christians. Yeah, that's a big deal. Where all of Paul's writings would have made their way through. Argue it. Go ahead. Hmm. Can't. Nobody could honestly argue that. What came out of Alexandria is completely a different uh, look, matter of fact, mm-hmm. it's out of Alexandria they were sent to go kill Paul in Rome. 
So what came out of Alexandria that was good? Do you think Paul was bringing his scriptures back to, Al- to Alexandria? Right. He was in, he was taken, arrested, yeah. and brought there. He couldn't have brought him if he wanted to. Yeah, you constantly see Rome and Egypt attacking the Word of God and the people of God, like mm-hmm. Paul, the work of well, God. Well, when you say the Word of God, I would also say not just little w, but big W. Amen. It was Rome who attacked the big yeah. W Word the of Lord God, Jesus too, the Jesus Lord Christ. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so, you know, there's just no way around it. Okay, now, as we fast forward just a little bit, and even if at this point you would even think to say, well, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> sure. but here's the problem. Give us the icing on the cake, Frank. Here's the icing <laughs> on the cake, man. Where did the Texas Receptus come out of? Mm-hmm. Antioch. And where did, where did, of all the cities in the world, of all the cities in the world, that we could say where Vaticanus and Sinaiticus came out of, not just Alexandria, but where? The Vatican. Rome. Rome. <laughs> I, coincidence, I know. Just crazy how that kind of worked out. No, it's not crazy how this kind of worked out. If you believe in the foreknowledge of God, which I do mm, <laughs> wholeheartedly, uh, I believe God knew exactly what was going to happen. No doubt. And I believe God went out of his way. To preserve in his word, to pay attention to this. Yep. And if you don't believe that, but that's the difference between me and you. Mm-hmm. Okay. No disrespect to you if you're listening. If you don't believe that, it's just because you do, you say you have a final authority, but you really don't. Mm. I do. And I'm just paying attention to what the final authority actually said on the matter. And among the many things that I love about this discussion and this study is, I mean, we're gaining this from, as I think I said in the beginning, just some some very simple, um, just just uh, how God just throws a word in there, things that we would look past where he says, Egypt, comma, a house of bondage, comma, and then he kind of goes on. Or um, when you start to notice that he always uses the terminology to bring his people out, up and out of Egypt. And when they're going into Egypt, they're going down. And, you know, just little words like that. Don't go there for help. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what, what kind of help would I get in Egypt? Yeah. And, oh. and when you look at, you know, oh, it just happened to be a ship of Alexandria. You know, it's like these little things. Mm-mm. Oh, he was from Antioch. Oh, that's, that's not random. No. You know, and no so it's such it, thing as coincidence in yeah. the word of God. So it gives you a greater love for the word Absolutely. because of what he's doing here and what he's teaching us. I mean, seriously, I mean, like I said before, historically speaking, it's, it's laid out very, very clear. Um, and, and clearly we've seen that even, even more so biblically it's laid out um, how you could come to any other conclusion if you just let the word of God and history tell you is beyond me. It's just a lack of wanting to know really is what it comes down to. I mean, they're, they're both diametrically opposed to one another think, these do you places. Think, Chris, do you think, Chris, that realistically, I think there are some people you probably could say what you just said. It's a lack of wanting to know. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think you could probably say that about some people. I would I would say, do you, and I'm asking if you would agree, but do you think that for most people it's just they just don't know? It's not even out of wanting to know. They just don't know that. Sure, but if you're hungering after the Word of God, you, you know, He's going to bring you to that place where you can, you know, He'll show you that. 
I believe that if, if somebody's actually seeking and searching, because he, he did it with me, and he did it with you two, I'm sure, as well. Well, sure, well. okay, so, so, I'm at, so I'm at sure, the store. Sure, the people can just simply so just not store. know. So I'm at the store, right? Yeah. I'm sure. at the store I, I agree. getting ready to buy a Bible, and I'm going, oh, which Bible should I yeah, buy? Yeah, you just right? don't know. I, I got you. I, I, think I think, unfortunately, the reality is, Many is that people. most people just sure. don't Many. know mm -hmm. that there's a that what the difference is. But if they're they, seeking, God will show them. That's a different story. And that's a different, yes. Yeah. But he'll lead them in the right direction. So if if we if you know that's the point you know we because of that you know we want to stand for truth but we don't want to be idiots in the process. Um, sure. We're going to hate the false way as yes. as King David did mm -hmm. every false way, um, but we we will love the people that are um, you know I, I would say even trapped in that maybe that 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 are in that. Um, and, and listen, it, this could be the first time you're hearing a lot of the stuff over this this podcast and this these last few weeks, um, and you don't like that phrase "trapped in that." I mean, no offense. It's just when you start to really get your head and your heart around the things that we've been talking about, it's like, okay, there's something to this. And Frank, as you said, I think a lot of people just aren't aware. Um, but the question is, what say ye when you do learn of it? When you well, become aware. Key. What are you going to do with this? You know, with this this podcast, with whatever resources, Chris, as you said, as as the Lord is leading you to this. We don't think it's a mistake that, mm. um, you know, you're listening to this right now. So, um, you know, man, we we hope that you will um, follow the Lord in that. But if there's anything else that we want to maybe address here, Frank, before we kind of close out, yeah, just I would just minutes. say so. Okay, with all that being said, again, just to make sure we're all on the same page, the facts are clear. For whatever it's worth, the facts are clear. What came out of Antioch is the Textus Receptus alone. And that is the manuscript from which we get the King James Bible. That, that is an absolute yeah. 100%. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Yeah. Nobody would argue that mm -hmm. because it's true. Mm -hmm. It's why it's called the Byzantine text or why it's called the it's called the majority text because most of the manuscripts that we do have today come out of Antioch. Mm. That is a fact. Mm -hmm. Can't argue it. There is only one translation on the English market today that comes out of Textus Receptus alone. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. What is that translation? The authorized version 1611, mm -hmm. or as we deem it today, the King James Bible. Mm -hmm. That fact, mm -hmm. can't argue it. Here's another fact. Because of what I just said, the King James Bible is the only English translation on the market today that does not have a copyright. That is a fact. If you have a King James Bible and there's a copyright on it, what has been copyrighted is somebody's Commentary. Commentary. Yeah. That has been, okay, but you cannot put a copyright on the King James Bible. That is fact. Yeah. And I would say because the word of God is not bound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Continue on that line. The other side of that fence, what is absolute fact? Alexandria, manuscripts, are Vaticanus and Sinaiticus. Vaticanus was found in Rome. Sinaiticus was found in the St. Catherine's Monastery which is he's catholic okay okay facts every english translation today that does not have the name av 1611 kjv 
Let me repeat that. Every single one on the English markers today has Vaticanus and Sinaiticus as their major uh, uh, source of, of, of where they got their translation from. Yeah. That is a fact. The only Bible by my knowledge, and, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty, it's pretty close. The only Bible that I know that uses all three is a New King James Bible. Yeah. I was going to mention right. that. Right. Okay. Now, this is the reason why I would steer away from the... Listen, if I was going to go between the ESV and the King, New King James <laughs> if you Bible... you had to choose. At least get the New King James Bible. <laughs> at, least I, at least you're getting some good stuff in there, okay? But there's still a problem. There's still a mixture of that Vaticanus and Sinaiticus in there that scares me personally. Me personally. Sure. If you want to read it, I'm not going to dislike you. I'm yeah. not gonna like be angry at you. Of course. Okay. But but just know what you're getting into. Just know what you're just getting know into. Know there's something okay. there. Yeah. But listen. So everything we just said, these are facts. You cannot argue them. They are true. And what is crazy to me is a, you know, it's one thing if you're getting in an argument or a conversation, whatever, however you want to word that, between Bible translations. It is crazy to me when. On one hand, if you're talking to a Roman Catholic, at least I could understand why they're vying for, you know, Vaticanus and Sinaiticus. Like, okay, I get it. You're a Roman Catholic. Mm. What I don't understand is when you hear these folks preaching against the Roman Catholic Church, like hardcore preaching against the Roman Catholic Church, yet they are reading Roman Catholic, something that came out of the Roman Catholic Church. Definitely. And they don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. They don't even realize it. It's like, man... It's like, gosh, if you only knew. <laughs> right. That, like, man, bro, I'm right there with you, but gosh. Mm. But don't you understand that what you have in your hands right now, it is uh uh something that came out of Eusebius, which 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 you know, and we're going back to 325 AD when the when uh, uh Constantine joined the mm-hmm. man, I've heard preachers they'll preach against that day and night all the way, and they're preaching it right out of a mm-hmm. NASB, and you're like but dude, the very word of God you're preaching mm-hmm. from, don't you understand that it, that's what came out of it? That's crazy. <laughs> like, how did you get there and not see that? Uh, that's crazy. That's that's so yeah. that's that's yeah. why knowing these two different cities uh, are so important. I'm yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it really adds a lot of clarity and understanding to why we're spending so much time on this and where God stands on the issue. So, listen, I mean, if if you uh, you know listen out there and. You find yourself in agreement and you do some research on your own and you look in the scriptures and come to the same conclusion, meaning you see what God is saying. And, man, we hope that you would get on his page as well if you're not. Um, not on our page because we just want to be on his page as well. Um, but uh, we do hope to, again, as I alluded to earlier, you know, we're, we're not trying to be uh, rough around the edges when we talk about this. Uh, we just we care very much about it and, and we care um, about you. And so we hope that that is um, able to be discerned uh, through through the airwaves here as, as we talk about this. But, uh, man, I'm excited for this. I appreciate you guys, Chris and Frank. And, and next week we're going to be looking at, um, I believe it's um, inspiration and preservation, uh, specifically in Jeremiah chapter 36, uh, w- among other places. But, uh, again, just like this week, next week we're going to look at the Word of God and, and see what He's done, as you said, Frank, to go out of the way, to clear some space out, and to uh, teach us some things about uh, this whole 
discussion that we're having. Uh, So do tune in next week. Um, We look forward to um, talking with you again. Uh, But until then, take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.